0: i <laughs>
1: Welcome back. I am Zach once again. I'm Evelyn. And I'm Carlo. And we're here for yet another episode of your Friendly Neighborhood Wonderful Podcast. How have you guys been doing?
0: It's a beautiful day here in Seattle. Yes. The first real beautiful day of the year.
1: Yes, I am sunburned already. My <laughs> Seattle complete vampire pale skin has already started to burn and crisp up. Yeah, going so. out
0: in shorts, I'm sure I blinded several passersby with my <laughs> legs. So.
1: I mean, I I actually ended up
2: getting up pretty early today, and I actually got so much done before 12 o'clock. Nice. Like, it was uh-huh. just nice and sunny, and, like, was able to yeah. get moving. So. That is
1: the uh, the other unfortunate thing and makes me want to get good curtains is because otherwise I'm going to wake up at 4.30 in the morning every day.
0: I did not get much done today, but that is not my fault. This is not related to video games.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, we're talking I mean, about it, I went out to brunch, be? and it
0: took them a thousand freaking years to bring our food. It was so annoying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Brunch.
1: It happens sometimes. So anyway, uh <laughs> before this we were <laughs> talking a little
0: bit about what games we've been playing lately.
1: Yes. Uh and I was saying that I've been jumping into some arcade games. I was playing a little bit of that on Friday. Didn't get much time to yesterday, but I was playing some Tony Hawk, uh, from the old uh I didn't not the N sixty four days, but the GameCube days. The GameCube Is Tony that Hawk. Three, four? Uh, well then they had Tony Hawk Underground and that was my oh, favorite. Oh, okay. Thug thug. thug. thug was awesome. Thug uh,
2: was like a huge departure. I mean like there were some like there were some things I liked about it and some things I didn't. Like I don't I don't know. There's something weird about was it, Wait, was it Thug or Thug 2 where you can get off your skateboard? Uh, both of them you can get off your yeah, skateboard, something, which is some, weird. Something just feels weird about having a skating game and like being so used cuz like I I grew up with like 3 and 4, Yeah. which were where I think the Tony Hawk games kind of came into their own cuz you got like you already had manuals and then you got like reverts and then you got these like insane combos
1: yeah i i was never that good i thought i was good and then i saw people who were actually good and it turns out i was not good
2: well there there are ways to kind of just like cheat yeah there really are like i used to play online for i think american wasteland on the ps2 back when like online was like weirdly free and everyone was cheating so like you could actually (laughs) put in like a game shark or like a I think what was it like codebreaker or whatever?
1: Yeah, all those kind of yeah yeah we know what you're talking about. <laughs> and it was just like
2: you could just like play online and just like mess with people. It was like really great, but uh, there was just like exploits where people would literally just like go between two walls and just grind. Yeah, okay. I mean, forever. they were absolutely. And a yeah, bunch and of those. it's you like it's not grind. hard. You
1: just grind forever, and then yeah, you get twenty million points with zero effort because you just can learn how to press Y at the right time.
0: That's one of those games that I never owned, and so the only times I got to play it was at somebody else's house. And it's one of those games that I feel is really easy to learn and hard to master. So, like, little me would be like, holy shit, look at all these points. Like, (laughs) yeah, I barely know what I'm doing. Pushing buttons.
1: (laughs) That was one of the first games I ever played was one of the Tony Hawks. Because the place I used to get my hair cut... Uh, had a PS1 with a copy of Tony Hawk. So while I was getting my hair cut, I would be playing Tony Hawk. That
0: is the best idea I've ever heard. Isn't
1: it? I'm like surprised that more people don't do something like that. So if you're listening and you want to have a really killer business idea, just put like, you know, video games while people are getting their hair cut. It'll be great. It's no uh, no chance of failure. So getting my hair done takes
0: forever because it's colored and it takes like two hours. This would make my life so much better (laughs) if I could sit and play games for two hours. I just start bringing my... Uh,
1: Bringing your DS or yeah, something. Yeah, my DS. <laughs> yeah, just bring portable console.
2: But like, I-, I think you've all seen like those terrible, terrible N sixty fours that still exist at some McDonald's. Yeah, it's true. Like, not Wait, all businesses can. A- still. No. Yeah. So there's yeah, like one seen, seen back one. in uh Vegas where I grew up. Um and yeah, there's just like this McDonald's out like kind of out on the outer edges that still has four and sixty fours. They don't like really work. <laughs> well of course but they're not. on. Like yeah. they're on That's amazing. It's Insane. Like I remember I think it was like a couple of years ago where I just went back and I remember like playing them all the time as a kid. Um but uh I had to wash my hands. Yeah, I,
1: I think that's... that's <laughs> that a... is
0: decades and decades of sticky children fingers. That yep. sounds disgusting.
1: That's also the... I, I guess with the haircut thing, the other thing you got to worry about is if people are like ducking and weaving in their video games, it might mess up the oh, haircut yeah. just a little bit. Well, if mean, as long those as people you're not playing who, like,
0: during it, right? Yeah. <laughs> If you're one of those people who, like, leans when you're watching games, like, oh, maybe if I lean my head, I can magically see around this corner. That's the right. kind of gamer that I am. And... I
1: absolutely do that with Mario <laughs> oh, yeah. Kart. Like, whenever kicking off the drift in Mario Kart, it's absolutely you're like, like ah! oh, lean to the side. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so one of the things that I was sort of thinking we could talk about today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We
0: haven't gone oh. through what everybody's playing.
1: Oh, yeah, true. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, that. Sorry, yourself. Carlo. Man, I'm, I need to... wait to self-edit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well,
2: so I've been playing two games a lot lately uh, out of like the many, many like myriad of games that I play every single week. Um, but the first one is Player Unknown Battlegrounds. I don't know if nice. you guys have heard of it. It's been this. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a battle royale, 100 people on an island, super tense game. Extremely easy to stream. I've actually picked up streaming nice. it because it's pretty hilarious to hear me and my friends panic, silent, like not <laughs> it's like panic the whole time. Heavy breathing, uh, but...
1: Uh, the one time I played that was at work. And, at work? Nice. Well, so there was a copy of it that somebody brought in. It was like, here, you should try this game. I brought it in on my laptop. We have a break at lunch. Let's play some of it. Uh, and so I played a little bit of it, and it was absolutely <laughs> just like, it's hard to not have the feeling of just, all right, I have a pistol. I have a room with one door. I live here now.
0: <laughs> well...
1: Up until you explode. Yeah. It's
0: gonna, the walls are gonna close in. That's a game that I haven't played yet, but I've watched a bunch of people play and it looks amazing. I can't play it though because the one more game syndrome would ruin me. Yeah, so like,
2: it's it's really easy to jump in, especially like if you've had a bad game, like just to go right again. And because you kind of get that sort of like, Oh, I gotta end a big win mentality. And then right? if you're
0: winning, you're like, oh, I, I don't want to lo- just quit when I'm on such a great streak. Yep. This is why I had to stop playing Overwatch. Oh no! <laughs> like I, like, I've
2: only won once, and that was like in a squad game last night, and uh, it felt good. But we were like, all right, we're calling it tonight. It was like our first game. We're just like, nope, nope. I'm on a good mood. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that. And then I'm also playing this game called Dead Cells. It's a uh, never heard of it. Yeah, it's like it's like this indie game early access just came out. Um, So apparently this is like 50% of the game, but it's basically one of those roguelikes where you kind of, you know, restart your process every single time and you kind of incrementally um, progress as you die. And it's... uh, You groundhog stick it. So it's it's very much like um, Rogue Legacy where you kind of get these upgrades that help you over time. Um, But then combine that with like super fast paced Castlevania combat, feels really smooth, really tight along with a little bit of Bloodborne mechanics where you can kind of, like, you kind of have those sort of, that sort of, like, Dark Souls flash that you, you know, heal up uh, between zones and... Uh,
1: Not quite that level of difficulty, yeah. though, I'm guessing. Oh, it's it's hard.
2: Oh, okay. It's really hard. <laughs> Fair enough. It's, like, I mean, it's it's very Dark Souls where you're just, like, basically rolling, dodging, and, like, just trying to get, get there so fast. But it also has this sort of, like, speedrun element, too. And it's, like, it's addictive. But there's, like, no story.
0: When did but, it come out?
2: I want to say like maybe a couple a week ago a okay. couple days ago on a single player a, yeah it's like hmm. it's, it's like so it's kind of that whole thing where you like you start over and then the levels are all like procedurally generated but in oh, a way interesting. but in a way that like is like more of like sections are kind of just put together so there's been a lot of those lately which is kind of like it's been kind of tiring for me but like <laughs> this one has gotten me hooked just just because of the combat but yeah
1: sweet sounds like fun Okay. Definitely
0: fun. i have to check it out.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, since I sort of tried to jump into things a little bit too quick, I feel like we should start with someone different. So I cut you off, Carlo. Did someone want to pointing to Evelyn? All right, Evelyn, let's roll. Well, what do you... Evan... well,
0: Evelyn hasn't talked about what games she's been playing recently. God still. damn it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just failing like a miserable like piece of shit today. Yeah, yeah, I know. Two
1: strikes. I, I can't. I feel like I can't talk anymore today. I'm just like trying to take over too much.
0: Uh, me and two of my friends, every Wednesday we get together and we play co-op games. So I'd, that's the only gaming I've had time for recently.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, We were playing Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Ooh, that's one so that is was a
2: really good game. That
0: was our game this week. We were playing Overcooked. We were playing... Um, before that, we were playing Seven Days to Die. So that's quite a deviation yeah. from the two games we've been playing. But um, I'd never actually played... Lover's in a Dangerous Space Time before. That game's been out for a while. Oh, it yeah, is fun!
2: It's been, like, I remember seeing it at, like, PAX, like, all those years ago. And, yeah. Like, they always had, like, a like a semi-decent booth um, as it got more popular, but I would always hear about it on and off, but it's, it's really good.
0: Yeah, it's a really great game. It's a great co-op game, especially, like, there's lots of different roles that you can take to take advantage of, like, your particular skills as a gamer, and it's really cute. You're going around saving bunnies. <laughs> yeah. It's great.
1: Have you played, uh... I don't know why I associate Don't Starve with or with uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time," but I, I always I played do. a hell
0: of a lot of Don't Starve. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I was going to say, I don't know why I associate Yeah, what is that?
2: that is I'm like, almost our... like curious what the jump is like.
1: I don't know. I honestly don't know, but I just like thinking of maybe it's like the kind of 2D-ish aesthetic, maybe. I don't know. Like my brain just made that connection for some reason. Not any good reason for it, but Lovers is... Yeah, our little
0: group, uh, Don't Starve, is our A number one game that we play. Nice. Go back to it over and over.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, well, hopefully now this isn't my third strike, so someone... Evelyn, would you like to start us off with a fun little topic, or...?
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about what our favorite characters in games are.
1: Ooh. Ooh, that
2: one's... That's hard. That is tough. Well, actually i can almost start all
1: right go for uh, it yeah give me some time to so, think
2: so without like this is kind of dangerous for me because like i could honestly go on about this character for like hours and not <laughs> because like the personality so deep or like whatever there's like there's a lot to the character but aqua from kingdom hearts
1: okay, and that's
2: okay. that's basic the fact that it's kingdom hearts is exactly why i can talk like for four hours about it because that shit is fucking complicated.
1: Yeah, it's a long, long, crazy tale.
2: But uh, I've... So recently I also picked up um, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 which is like the 17th remake of something in the Kingdom Hearts series. Is it um,
0: actually called 2.8? No, is that, yeah. Oh my god. No, okay, so, so it's, it's a, it's actually a, What will they think of next? It's a,
2: it's a remake of Dream Drop Distance um, which is the one that came up for the 3DS. Oh, okay. Get it, Dream Drop isn't 3D. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but
2: it also comes with this thing, like, with this, this thing called 0.2 Fragmentary Pass- Passage. So it's Kingdom Hearts 0.2, which is supposed to be the bridge from Dream Drop Distance into and like all of the other things, it's supposed to like kind of t- not necessarily tie them all together, but kind of get Aqua from where she was all the way over to where Kingdom Hearts Three is going to eventually come out.
1: Hopefully,
0: next someday. Year. In theory, there's no there's <laughs> so no really telling us. They, so they, they have a bit us. of a
1: Valve syndrome going on. With
2: it's it's not even that. I mean, part
1: it's,
0: partially, it's been coming out for a very long that's time. That's
2: true. It's there's but there's been like games in betweens because you've had like. You know, you had Kingdom Hearts 1, then Chain of Memories, then 2. Um, But, yeah, I digress. So, the thing I actually like about Aqua is that she is kind of... She's, like, supposed to be a good character. She is a good character. She's a good-hearted person. But she is also, like, the poster child for the roads to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah. Like, every... Almost, actually, almost every single bad thing that happens in the entire Kingdom Hearts universe is because of her.
0: Yeah.
2: And she kind of, you know, gets the short end of the stick all the way up to where this is. And uh, before playing 0.2 Fragmentary Passage, I wouldn't have said that she would have been one of my favorite characters. But it's really interesting because the game, sort of spoilers, kind of deals with Aqua as she's kind of trapped in this world and kind of trapped alone. And the world around her kind of is reflecting her soul, her thoughts, like the things that she thinks about and it's ends up developing into a lot of things you're like, "Oh, of course she's not just going to be okay being alone for um being alone in this world where time has no meaning. Like she has no idea. She doesn't know how how much time has passed in the real world versus the world that she's in." So, yeah. There's there's just like so many different layers to that character that you usually don't see in those sort of Final Fantasy-esque games.
0: Okay. So, the most that I've done with Kingdom Hearts is I've played a couple of levels of Kingdom Hearts 2, trading off with a friend. Uh, she looks awesome. Oh, no. She is. <laughs> so,
2: like, she, so she came out in, like, Birth by Sleep. Okay. Which was, like, this sort of prequel to the entire Kingdom Hearts saga. And, like, she she's she's a badass. She's, like, she, of the three characters that you play in Birth by Sleep, is the only one to become a Keyblade Master. And it, it shows. Like, she, she's, she's got some skill. But at the same time, you know, that kind of was her downfall in that game where she tried to protect the other two all the time she tried to kind of be like oh I'm going to be the one to like take care of everything and while she was kind of like playing cleanup the most of the entire game by kind of doing that sense where oh you guys can't protect yourself she kind of ended up pushing them away and they ended up getting hurt in mm. a weird way
1: cool yeah I haven't played Kingdom Hearts in so long that you know I'm forgetting a lot of the finer points but that is yeah I mean, I remember, I remember liking Aqua, but it was like, you know, six, seven years ago that I played it. You
2: can spend a lot of time going to that. Yeah. That, that canon is complicated.
1: Yeah, it really is. I remember, uh, somebody was talking about the Wikipedia for it and how it was just like larger than most Wikipedias. I, I mean, not like as crazy as like the Star Wars wiki or anything like that, but not as small as you would think for it being a effectively two game franchise.
2: I mean, it like
1: it's like in theory a two-game
2: well, franchise. Yeah, I guess but it, like like as much as people would like to say they're like, oh these are like optional guiding games, like they're not but they're not yeah. optional. Yep. It's so complicated that they're not optional.
1: Yep. Oh. As far as favorite character for me, that's actually really tough and I was having a hard time narrowing it down because I can think of like categories of characters. Like almost none of my favorite characters in games are are main characters like so many of them are like okay i th- can think of like maybe a favorite villain or maybe a favorite side character or something like that i guess like if i'm restricting it to main character probably lara croft in the newest term tomb raider oh, term- like the new
2: two the the two new ones right yeah the two new oh, ones she's
1: like super good. maybe the strongest actual main character i can think of in a video game because like most video game main characters are like they're just cyphers they're people for you to put yourself onto and there's not really much personality to them but whereas the tomb raider game you're really sort of running that story uh so it's kind of like you don't really have to think of it in as as similar of well you don't really have to think of her as being yourself she's her own defined character if that makes sense
0: it does and i've only seen a little of that game but from what i remember it was a very she was a very distinctive character and it did have that sort of storytelling quality that
1: yeah she actually has growth through it which is you know not something like the world will often grow in a video game or some of the side characters will because some of the side characters i was thinking of were like Uh, Midna and Twilight Princess I grew to like a lot because she started out super annoying and I really (laughs) didn't like her but then you know as the story kind of progressed and as things kind of picked up in the game like because it really starts out so slow where you're like I'm not really sure if I like this character she's kind of annoying and then like as you get to know more about the world and more about her then it it sort of develops into something that you I ended up liking her and liking her her art quite a bit Mm -hmm. um yeah, but I mean, it definitely. I it, having to limit it to main characters helped me a lot because that's like there's not there's just not a lot there. Yeah,
0: and it makes really a lot of sense. And this sort of ties back into something we were talking about last week: is that people want to be able to insert themselves into that character. Yes. and if you give too much personality to a main character, then people might not relate to it too much. Yeah, but you we, do
1: run that risk.
0: Or, I mean. I don't think that that's really true, but I think that's something that developers probably worry about. Yeah,
1: I think they're definitely worried of running the risk of people not being able to feel that as much, which is a unique thing that games have, but it's also kind of nice to just play something that's sort of cinematic. I mean, other uh, it definitely definitely it seems like the characters growing is a big deal for me, as I'm sure it is for many people, because Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite is another one of my like top two or three characters. Hard to, to narrow it down. It is interesting that they're all women. I promise they're, you know, I don't know why that <laughs> is. I guess, you know, egalitarian, good for me, I guess. I don't know, hopefully. Uh, or something else that is not what I'm Just going to talk about. Just keep making this more awkward. Just keep yeah. going. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, you know, I, I like I like sort of watching a character start one way and then become sort of a totally different thing by the end of it and feel that journey. And definitely with, you know, the Tomb Raider, the more recent Tomb Raider games and Bioshock Infinite, that's all what that's about. So I love watching that. I love yeah. being a part of that.
2: Yeah, I think it, it kind of depends on the game too, right? Where you kind of, whether you have a flat character or not, well, like you have these sort of like, um, sort of like, not necessarily, it's not like a simulation. It's like a...
0: It's a self-insert. You, well, that's yeah, I mean, I yeah. Think of it. but
2: like you look at something like, maybe Bioshock's not really a right, the right one, because... It, 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 in a way, it almost is where you, you end up becoming the character because the character has no personality per se. Yeah. But you, you kind of like looking at Bioshock Infinite, you're kind of playing the role of Booker. Yeah. Um. In Lara Croft, you're like kind of paying, playing the role. So it's like those kind of like immersive sims, right? Um. Where you're kind of like you're, you're not necessarily simulating. Oh, well, here's what I would do. You're simulating like, hmm, what's this character and like what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, where yeah, you yeah.
1: play it more like... You start thinking of, okay, how would this character yeah. respond? Maybe less so than how I would respond. Like, Though, you know, I think a, a lot of people still do go, wonder what happens if I try and kill this person. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: like like Joel from The Last of Us, yes. right? Um, Bo- um, Joel and... Oh, shoot, what's her name? Ellie. Ellie, yeah. Both of those characters are pretty... are on like high on my list yeah, as they were... characters because they're both... You both go through some shit in that game.
1: Joel was the other one I was thinking of in terms of like main characters. I still think Lara Croft is my number one in terms of main characters, but Joel was probably number two or three. I don't know. Yeah.
0: For mine, I'm gonna go back to a game that I talk about all the time, which is the Sly Cooper series. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um so there's three main characters. There's Sly, who's the main character, and then Murray and Bentley and Um, Bentley is this little turtle who is the tech guy for the, their little thieving crew. And it is the first time that I ever played a game personally where the little tech person was the one who was one of the most badass characters in the game. And as a person who's a big nerd and into computers and stuff, it was a really enjoyable experience for me to play as that character. Uh, there's even a level where the other two get captured and so he has to go and save he has to go out and save the hero of the genre (laughs) or of the series and it was it's a he's a great character in a really great series so i sort of take that in a really different direction from you guys because it's for you it was characters that you thought were interesting for me it was a character that i was like that you had fun with.
1: yeah that you like i'm gonna related to in a way right yeah so yeah somebody that you just kind of liked hanging out with that totally makes sense
0: yeah so i guess there's a lot of different ways to have a favorite character yeah or absolutely
1: and it, it's it's sort of what you were talking about made me think of i guess a corollary to that question was who's your favorite villain in a video game Ooh. oh that's hard it's really hard i mean again I, you know i mean
0: the- since i mostly play survival games i would say time
1: <laughs> okay that's fair <laughs> <laughs> the changing
0: of the seasons in don't starve or yeah. the encroaching yeah, uh, monsters in any other game
2: butt face xxs that just killed me in PUBG last last <laughs> <month.
1: laughs> uh, yeah i mean i again i can it's hard to narrow it down as far as like series i mean it's hard to go wrong with someone like ganondorf or something like that that's obviously one of the first things i thought of um i really like uh, the joker in the batman games uh arkham city that whole arc is so so good
0: ha, ha, arkham city Sorry. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Am I thinking of Arkham City
1: or Arkham Knight was the one that was like kind of a mess, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, Ar... Oh yeah. Okay. Arkham Knight was the one with the tank combat, right? Something like that. Arkham City. Oh, I Hated that. Yeah. Why did I buy that game? Yeah, that
1: game did not. I mean,
2: I, I feel like I needed to.
1: Yeah. As- Arkham Asylum was so great, and Arkham City I loved like hell. Although I recognized that it had it had flaws. I mean,
2: it was like. Arkham Asylum was nice because you had that small little area. Yeah, it was really... And it was like, it was lovingly crafted. It
1: was really well confined and really did feel like every part of that was its own thing. See, yeah, I'm just like flying like, all right, I got to get and across now, the city. Zip line again. Woo! It was a little too big, honestly. But I mean, yeah, the Joker in City is why I like City. I mean, his arc in that is so cool, so interesting and makes him really fun.
0: Yeah. I think I'm actually gonna stick with my answer of time. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Like even in a game like Pillar- Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, it's time is one of the big influencers because yeah. the battlefield is closing in on you. And yeah, it's yeah.
2: like you you versus the clock is like such a big thing. And then like yeah. that forces you to like leave from your new home, which is like the mm-hmm. room, the bathroom that only has one window. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I can definitely relate to that. Oh, I'm I'm having trouble like pulling up yeah a particular villain. I'm just like trying to rack through the different games I've played. Like
0: going back to Kingdom Hearts, there's a lot of really good villains in that series. I mean
2: <laughs> it depends on how you like consider a good villain. There's a okay. lot of there's a lot of dumb <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of dumb shit in Kingdom yeah. Hearts when I, I it comes think to the villain. It's
1: the kind of villain where it's like, oh we're going to memorable be,
0: villains. Yeah, Kingdom vi- Hearts I mean, has yes. memorable yeah. villains. Well
2: you have like I mean I don't you guys haven't played it in a while, but Xehanort, who is, like, the one from Birth by Sleep, like, old Xehanort, basically is, like, concocting this evil plan where he can get 13 clones of himself to fight against the Seven Lights. That shit makes no sense.
1: Yeah, Or the kind of thing where, I feel like what I remember about Kingdom Hearts is it had a lot of the kind of... It's part of what it is, but had a lot of the kind of kid villains that I really don't like when I'm watching kids movies where they're like, they'll start being like sort of evil villain. And then they'll be like, oh, but we have to be funny and say something goofy that takes away our villainy. And it's like, no, villain should be scary. Like, you know, at least to me, I like when villains are scary. It makes me feel like when, especially in a video game, if a villain isn't scary, I kind of don't care when I beat them. It's like, all right, well, all right, you know. Yeah. I mean,
0: does do they have to be scary or do they just have to be villainous or do those things like not go hand in hand? Because you could have a, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but you could have a villain character that isn't necessarily scary and intimidating, but is horrible in some way.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. But typically when I think of villain characters who are horrible, I do end up thinking they're at least a little bit scary. Yeah. Wow. Well.
2: Yeah. Because like they, they kind of, you kind of need to like tread lightly Against, like, particular villains. Like, you kind of feel, get that feeling when you play the game. Yeah. Um, Coming up with an answer for this question is really hard. Mostly (laughs) because, like, the answer that I want to come up with comes from the Persona series. But it's, like, on one hand, it's, like, either you have this character named Neelarthip. Or for some weird shit like that okay sure absolutely you want to you want to try
0: saying that again or <laughs> no don't. Um, but
2: basically you have like these 2 godlike figures in overall in the entire persona series that are feuding and kind of making bets on whether mankind is actually going to like like break out of like whatever societal shell and like rise above and it's basically like that, that you kind of get that from persona one and two but then those kind, that sort of like overarching plot kind of fades away for Persona Three and on, and then the actual villain, more or less, most of the time, happens to be the will of society itself. <laughs> where the will of society, the
1: system man. Well, not not even
2: not necessarily even like that. It's like honestly, it's like a little like that. The will of society ends up breeding this like horrible monster that wants to bring the end of doom in the other world, and just kind of like, <laughs> like yeah, like the I think in three it was like all of humanity's despair was trying to bring about like a total end and like of apathy to the entire world and then four was kind of like um people that couldn't face their own problems and basically were wanting to be blind to the truth was kind of like the how like society wanted to be blind to the truth is that sort of thing and then in the fifth one it's like not necessarily like rebelling against like the chains of society where you just kind of go with things, go with the way that things are just because that's just how they are rather than trying to change the world.
1: Yeah. I guess I'll just say then that I guess my favorite villain is the patriarchy. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. God. I thought it would be funny. Clearly it didn't get the response <laughs> I was looking for. I mean, like
2: it would have been like a good ironic joke maybe a year
1: ago, but now it's just like, no, now it's console. too real. Now it's way too real. Uh, yeah, uh, so I guess one of the things moving forward a little bit, what I was kind of thinking of talking about was, I, I guess, sort of thinking, re listening to our conversation from last week, uh, but also lightening it up a bit. I was thinking about how a lot of games are, a lot of games try and go for a lot of realism in them, particularly I was thinking about like eating. Like a lot of it's like, I remember, I think it was Grand Theft Auto. San Andreas made you eat, like, once or twice a day in order to make sure you didn't starve? And I was wondering if, like... I don't, I don't think so. I, I I
2: think you had to eat to, like, heal up and stuff, but I don't think you had to eat for, like, hunger reasons. I,
1: I feel like... Point B. Uh, but like, no, I know, I get what you're saying. I thought it was that one. Maybe it was just, like, one of the GTA clones that I played back in the day that did that. I don't remember. Uh, but I remember that there's a bunch of games where I play where it's, like, you have to eat to stay alive and it really annoys the crap out of me but then other games like Minecraft it doesn't so I was one like I guess a question that I've been wondering is when does realism become not fun
0: Well going to GTA 5 for example you can eat food to refill your health and in that game it feels like bullshit cuz it's supposed to be this like reality simulator but More so. Yeah. So I think that, for me, is a big difference between games that it does work and games that it doesn't work, is that in Minecraft, like, it's a bunch of weird made-up bullshit, and you can carry (laughs) blocks of gold in your pockets. Yeah. Uh, Of course eating would heal you. Of course you have to eat. But for a game like GTA, it's like, that's not how that works in real life, and you're trying to be realistic here.
2: Yeah, I think in in GTA, I, I mean, healing health aside, I mean, that's kind of more of a game mechanic, but I think the games where it becomes more... Understandable to kind of have that sort of like hunger mechanic because you kind of have these things like thirst mechanics having to go to sleep yeah. and stuff like that with like stuff like Fallout survival mode, right? Or
1: Seven Days to Die has yeah. stuff like that. Yeah.
2: And I think it, it's good when the mechanic itself presents something that is not like a chore. It's not necessarily yeah. just like, oh, I have to eat, but it's like so trivial for me to eat that it, all it is is getting in the way of my enjoyment which I, I found that's mostly the case with like Fallout where it's like I have a bunch of food on me I'm always going to have a bunch of food on me alright I'm just going to have to pause the game tab uh, eat this thing okay I'm not hungry okay now I can continue on doing what I'm doing
1: yeah or the Skyrim thing of like shit I'm fighting a dragon let me eat 30 sweet rolls in yeah. the middle of this fight <laughs>
2: where as I think where the realism sort of like matters a lot more for something like Minecraft is because it's like it's, it's a survival game in a it's sense. It's part yeah.
0: of the game. It's like you have to build your farm. You have to go hunting. Yeah, like it's not something that's trivial and just in the way of the game. It's a really important core feature of the game.
2: It's like one of the few things that you have to continuously do as you progress, um, and it becomes sort of like a worry at the very beginning of the game, and it never fully goes away, but it's always it's always there. And like the mechanics of being able to cook or whatever aren't too bad like you have that it's it's simple
1: i mean i think that's one of the big things with it is you know i think some of the games that i've thought of where it's like eating really bothers me and annoys me or it's often like you can really easily fuck up and poison yourself in a way that's like well okay i mean i didn't really get a lot of feedback there on that whereas with minecraft it's just like it gets to the point where it's like, all right, I've got 30 chicken in my backpack. I think I'm going to be fine. And you just don't have to really worry about it from that point on.
0: Until suddenly you realize you have two chicken. You're like, ah, fuck. I yeah. <laughs> My chicken farm is yeah. still there. <laughs>
2: and I, I want to say that uh, Breath of the Wild actually did it very well, but also at the cost of doing it very badly in almost a weird sense. I
0: thought that the way that cooking worked in Breath of the Wild was real weird.
2: I mean, it was real weird where you would like get ingredients, toss it into a pot and then get whatever comes out. And I thought that was like all fine and dandy. And it was actually super cool the first like few times that I did it. And I was like kind of going through the world. But then when you kind of discover these uh, particular plants that will boost your health, um, not only do they boost your health, but they also refill your entire health gauge on top of that. <laughs> Which kind of breaks the does, sort of food mechanic. It
1: does break the game a bit. Though I guess that's some of the fun of yeah. that. And that's what a lot of people I know who are playing it and loving it love about the cooking mechanic is you get real bonuses from cooking. And you like you cook these crazy things and you get real benefit out of that, but it breaks the game. A but little I mean, bit. yeah,
2: it's like it's come to the point where or last time I was playing Zelda, it's like all I would do is take these mushrooms that give me one extra heart. And cook them one by one because that gives me four full refills of health, right? <laughs> um, versus like actually cooking food, where whereas like I usually spent uh, time cooking food in order to make money.
1: Yeah. yeah, makes sense.
0: Going back to your point about food that can poison you, um, I was considering bringing Arc Survival Evolved to yes. my co-op group. Uh, pretty much decided against it's, that one. Yeah, but um, there's a ton of food in there where it's not obvious that if you eat it, it will make you really sick, and yeah. it'll fuck up your screen, or maybe it'll make you die.
2: I mean, that's very yeah, that's very similar to kind of like those games that don't want to. You learn by failing, in a sense.
0: Yeah, and personally, I don't really enjoy that very no, much. No I don't really
1: either. I mean, I I I can enjoy learning by failing with like platforming or stuff like that. Sure, so, so long different. as it's the kind of thing where it's like. I really feel like I'm getting better, and I feel like I'm understanding more of why I'm not yeah, succeeding.
0: The thing about ARK is that you put a lot of work into gathering all this stuff and making a base and making tools and stuff, and then you eat the wrong berry and you die, and it's just like, well, now I never want to play this game again. I put in all this work, and for what? Yeah,
1: and with, with a the- lot of those as well, with a lot of the things there, like you said, it's not clear. And it, I, from the few times i played ARK or have watched people play ARK, There isn't a thing to be like, oh, yeah, things that look like this are typically poisonous. Or sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I got a berry. I wonder if this was the berry that killed me last time. I don't remember because there's... I just ate a whole
0: bunch of stuff really fast because I realized I was dying. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, where there's not good feedback or it doesn't really tell you what it is. Like, I know there's some people that like those games where they're very esoteric. Like, Dark Souls kind of has that in, in, like, bits and pieces where... Certain It won't tell you what certain items will do if they're used for a special occasion. But when it comes down to something very basic as like being able to survive and it, the game is sort of like impeding you needlessly, I think that's where it falls short.
1: Yeah. I do wonder as well with stuff like that. I wonder how much, I feel like Minecraft wouldn't work at all if it didn't give you more of the recipes Like, it's why, I mean, I know people, like, I know people who like the Xbox version so much more because it gives you the recipes, and I know, I think I might not have enjoyed Minecraft as much if there wasn't so much of a community around it, and people, so, like, I could look online, like, all right, here's the the recipe for a sword, or That is a game with a thorough wiki. (laughs) Yeah, that is a very thorough wiki. I mean,
2: like, I remember, I'm talking, like, maybe back on, like, pre-1.0 days, like, back at, like, .3, .4, where you literally had to look everything up on a wiki. You couldn't. Yeah. There was no, no There was no in-game help there's for you. There still isn't. I yeah. mean, no, there actually is a lot more now. Is there really? There's definitely yeah. more. So but... basically, like, even when you first start out, it gives you, like, tutorial quests and, like, this sort of, like, path that's saying, like, oh, make th- you can make this. Like, first make a house or, or like, not a house, but, like,
0: oh. making certain. Make a crafting table. To- make crafting a sword. Table. Yeah, it da, da, like, da, da, tells da. you
2: exactly what you need to do
0: now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, I first started playing in beta, I believe, and there are.
1: Yeah. I watched
0: a lot of YouTube tutorials that people made of, like, yep. how to play Minecraft. It, it
1: was basically... <laughs> it was very esoteric. I wondered how much I would have liked it if there wasn't so much of a community around it. If there wasn't, like, oh, yeah, I can just have, like, a wiki running as well at the same time. To That is yeah. so simple to just be, like, sword. Okay, and then you memorize certain recipes, and then it's like, wait, what the hell is that? How do I make that? And yeah, that's actually yeah. an
0: interesting thing about Minecraft is that if you don't see that there is a thing... You're never going to just you naturally find know. out about it.
2: I mean, I mean, like back all the, back at the very beginning, you sort of did, but like, I, I want to say that the community is kind of what makes it so good, right? In yeah. the sense that, like, these games that can't afford to be esoteric, like Dark Souls, for instance, you have, or like when Bloodborne first came out, I was kind of part of it, where it first immediately came out and everyone's like playing through the game and nobody knows what's going on because none of the wikis have been filled out because like it's completely new and there's all these esoteric things. But it's like it's it's weird because like even though it was esoteric, you're kind of finding out all these things kind of at the same time as all of your friends. So after one night of playing, you all kind of meet over you like you start chatting together and you're like, Oh my god, did you find this one thing? And it's like it kind of breeds that sort of community stuff. It's like that sort of that that feeling back when I used to be a kid and all of a sudden, my friends would tell me like, "Oh, did you know that about this like weird secret thing?" Do you thing know in Tony Sonic
1: Hawk? is in Super Smash Brothers Melee? You yeah. just have to beat the entire game on very hard without taking any damage, <laughs> except for those
2: assholes. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it breeds that sort of sense of community. I think that when a game's mechanics are they they have you have to draw that you have to walk that fine line. That's that
0: one thing that makes me nervous about the popularity of giving popular like streamers and popular let's players pre-release copies of the game is that like you have uh, to be really don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> you have to be really careful to like keep your eyes averted if you don't want to be spoiled up to your. i mean yeah stuff.
2: like spoiling is one thing but then it's like the it gets really skeevy nowadays where you have you have streamers that will like promote a game because they got a free copy of it and it's even though it's not necessarily good or they're just playing it because they were they're being paid to do it right it's like it's it's yeah. so much more like this whole paid influencer thing is so shady i
0: don't know i mean as long as you say that it's an ad i don't really think that it's a problem but it's i mean just but the thing is people don't some say don't no, some, no. some don't
1: and that is yes. definitely that,
2: that's the shady part like people that are like open about like hey I'm like,
0: I'm I am, being paid to do this. Yeah, this and is it's a
1: sponsored fine. stream or a sponsored play or something like that. Yeah, you know? or like, it's
0: super great. This video yeah. is sponsored by XYZ yeah, product.
2: Yeah, as long as you're transparent, right?
0: But there is like a huge problem, and I know that this is a big thing with Instagram famous people where they'll be like, this tea helped me lose five pounds, and they never say that it's an ad, and it's like, well, that's definitely, A, yeah. a lie.
2: Would you and... uh, like to go to this festival in the Bahamas? <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, I think that we were all trying to sort of skirt around that one. Yeah. But...
1: <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, with the uh, with the community thing and the figuring things out but making it kind of fun and satisfying to figure things out, I think that's a big component to making, making a realistic game fun is really – because you it doesn't a realistic game doesn't really teach you how to do stuff but then it makes it fun to figure out how to do stuff and it makes it fun to kind of share how to do stuff and so it's a little bit easier to sort of jump in and you don't have to feel like okay i'm just thrown into the deep end with no with no uh flotation device yeah (laughs) I fucking forgot the word for life vest. I don't know how that
0: happens. I like how you not only forgot the word for life vest, but you were making paddling motions with your arm. I'm like, or is that the word? No, because I was thinking of like (laughs) the the air donut thing. I was thinking
1: of like the water noodles. (laughs) I was like, no, that's not right. Super soakers. (laughs) Just like could not put that together. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Which, yeah, that's unfortunate because I thought I was having something good to say. Uh, Oh, well. Carlo, what are your thoughts for?
2: So, um, this is kind of based on that sort of Dead Cells game that I've been playing. Um, I've noticed recently, and I've been kind of getting tired of it almost as a sense, and like Dead Cells is kind of the exception to the rule where I'm sort of tired of these indie 2D platformers that are all procedurally generated. And I've kind of missed that sort of like Castlevania vibe where the levels are, like, lovingly crafted. But, like, you see a lot of these, like, indie games, right? I mean, it makes sense with having these very small small teams, but you see a lot more um, procedurally generated stuff. like yeah. Versus, like, level design that's, like, lovingly crafted and put together. You and it's deliberate. Have, yeah. Instead, you kind of have these things that are just, like, pushed together and, like, you kind of recognize bits and pieces, but it's never, like, really there. And it's, like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean the most offending factor of the procedurally generated stuff probably has to be, like, No Man's Sky. Yeah. Recently, <laughs> where it's like, holy shit, I've seen this same crystal 5,000 times, but it's named something differently.
0: <laughs> that was a shit
1: show. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it, I feel like, yeah, I, I, for whatever reason, when you're talking about, like, the lovingly crafted sort of thing, even uh, some games where it's not even that lovingly crafted, for example, I'm thinking about, like, cloudberry kingdom where they literally just said yeah for some of these levels we literally just went like scribbled on the screen to create the path for the character and then just threw stuff around that
2: i've never heard of that game
1: oh it's pretty fun i've played it a couple of times it's you know basically just a very difficult platformer 2d platformer there's 320 levels uh i've i the one i played it i think i only got to like 50 the first 50 are pretty easy uh Three twenty is impossible. I don't know how any human has ever beaten that. You I... just
0: you just side scroll and have to jump around obstacles. Okay, and stuff. it's a very that makes sense. it's a very we- well executed but basic side scrolling. Yeah,
1: and literally yeah. they created the levels by scribbling, and then just throwing a bunch of stuff around that, and then it created a lot of mess.
2: Yeah, but like I, yeah, I feel like just so many games, so many two D games at least nowadays, fall into that sort of like hole. it's like oh my god here's another procedurally generated. 2d side scroller that's probably a roguelike uh, yeah but and i wonder if there's ever going to be like maybe a like a sort of shift back to those sort of like design levels i i know it's a lot harder because just having having people design a level having good level design in and of itself is hard yeah like the reason that like that game uh fear was so good was because of the level design and you know you you don't necessarily see that a lot
1: in sort of 2d games anymore in some of those indie communities I, th- I mean i think it definitely will shift i think sort of what a lot of what's driving those kind of games is that they they tend to play and feel a lot like you know a lot of early games there's a lot of like games nostalgia happening there and i, I wonder i feel like we've sort of started to hit the point where people are going to start being nostalgic for like The N sixty four platformers and stuff like Ukulele was super successful by basically being that. And even though there was a lot of criticism of it, of it's like it's a nineties platformer for all the good and bad that that is. Like, (laughs) yeah, uh, you have all like, man, this feels so good. It feels like one of those platformers. It's so nice. Fuck the camera control is anus. It is crap or stuff like that. Yeah, like
2: Uh, the you kind of yeah. I want to see. A Lot more, I want to see how retro sort of like progresses as we move on. It's yeah. going to be really weird once we start getting like retro esque 360 games, yeah, and right? Like that.
0: I look forward to that glorious future. There were a lot of really good, three, well, there are also a lot of really bad 360 games, and
2: yeah,
0: all the like shovelware that's
2: disappeared. <laughs> oh, when are we going to get to the like? So, I, I bet you this is going to happen at some point. It's going to be like VR wii retro games yeah you're gonna VR have like, wii tennis yeah you're gonna have like vr oh my god like those, <laughs> what was it those Rayman the rabid, Rabbids? yeah
1: raymond raving rabbits oh my god those are fun <laughs> they're, they're
2: they're doing they're, something new with the rabbits aren't they it's a mario rabbit crossover some bullshit <laughs> dude i don't even know why I, do why are the rabbits in my mario yeah like,
1: it doesn't belong what what it's the same reason that uh, the despicable me- minions are popping up all over the place. People oh, love God. their little chicken nuggets, man.
0: I think that we're as a society finally starting to get over minions, and I think that you should not bring that up ever again. Alright, fair enough. We'll <laughs> never
1: uh, never use those words.
0: When So going back to, we briefly mentioned VR. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about, um, who'd just gotten an Oculus Rift, I think, and I was we were talking about games and
1: uh, you, VR, yeah. and
0: um, one of the things that we were talking about is how basically, like, 95% of VR games are, you have guns, you're shooting the thing, you move by teleporting around. Yeah. and
1: Or they're VR demos, basically, is what they are.
0: Yeah. So, there's, that's a very narrow genre of, like, first-person shooters, yep. 80% of VR games. You yep. we were talking about other genres and how you could potentially put them into VR. So, like, how would you have a VR side-scrolling platformer? That would be really cool, but I have no idea how you could possibly pull it off.
1: Yeah, I mean, the trick with all those kind of things is, you know, it's the same reason that it's the teleport-by-clicking kind of thing is because how do you do movement in a game where there isn't, like, a treadmill or something like that? Like, there's a lot of... Uh, my dad actually tried VR recently oh, really? and was uh, sort of trying that out, trying, and was like, yeah, I really, boy, moving around just felt weird because there was like a walking animation in the demo game oh. that he tried where it was, like you kind of push forward on the Vive stick to move forward, and he's like, I hated that because I was like- It gives st-
0: you like vertigo. Yeah,
1: he's like, I'm moving and my eyes are telling me that I'm moving, but- obviously I know I'm not moving and he said it just made him kind of kind of ill but and I feel like that's some of the limitation with that is how do you have like, movement without moving
0: yeah I feel like VR is going to get really stale really fast just because there's only that extremely narrow genre that you can play games in and I can't imagine how you could have any other games other is, than maybe drive around and teleport and shoot
2: yeah I, the thing is like I think this is it's more of we're still in the infancy like I don't know if you guys remember or have recently played Goldeneye, but yeah. shooting people in Goldeneye is yep. the most painful it's awful. thing I've and
1: ever And it's why Oddjob is terrible now. is because you can't move up and down, but he's short. That's like the whole problem.
2: <laughs> yeah, so like you, you kind of have that sort of deal, and I think that's where VR is right now. People haven't really figured out, because like, you have that whole sort of sickness thing where the reason that it happens is because if you like don't have control over your vision in terms of like your head moving around and you like you're, you're like walking forward and you're moving forward without your head moving forward that ends up creating a lot of vertigo and a lot of sickness right yeah right. um but so how
0: think, do you get past that, that that's how the do thing. you avoid it <laughs> i think
2: i i think that you know right now you do have that teleportation thing which seems kind of the standard but i think eventually as things progress people will come up with better ways to actually do it and i think that there are actually uh, quite a few games that actually are in vr like i don't necessarily think that vr is ever going to like replace games or yeah. anything right i think it's just going to be another platform for games because i think games like i i think they're trying to like port what fallout 4 to the oculus or vive or something that'll be interesting and it's like that's not what i want i don't want a AAA game that's meant for the console that I would rather play on a console in VR. I want VR specific experiences that take advantage of the hardware and take advantage of what I'm doing in that space.
1: Yeah. I wonder, hmm. yeah, just thinking about where we used to be for first person shooters in particular, where like the reason that you couldn't move up or down is because there was one analog stick on the Nintendo 64. (laughs) So they had to be like, well, forward is that way that is backward and then you can move left or right but i
2: wonder and then you have to hold like you have to hold like r trigger and then move this pointer around on the screen in order to shoot somebody that is not like mid-level
1: yeah so and then suddenly people had two analog sticks and then could have a lot more freedom there and so i wonder I do wonder what the second analog stick will be for VR because I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head.
2: Or like the Xbox introduced triggers Yeah. on top of the L1, R1. And then you're just like, oh, if I pull back on this trigger and I zoom in and then I can pull back on my right trigger to shoot. And yeah. then all of a sudden you have Call of Duty 4.
1: Yep. And man, it's uh, triggers are satisfying. It's funny to me to go oh, back to an era dude. where we didn't have triggers, but they are very satisfying. Like the
2: th- best. That is the only reason. The only reason I kept playing Destiny for as long as I did, because that <coughs> that feeling of pulling back on a trigger in Destiny is probably the o- like that's like the best thing in that game. Yeah. That for all me. of its faults.
0: Have you guys seen the trailer for Destiny Two? Oh I my have.
2: god!
1: It's. It looks I have not so much good. <laughs> well, <laughs> so it looks good. It looks good. It looks. I mean, it looks. Like they really listen to a lot of the feedback. Yeah,
2: like there's matchmaking now. Yeah, which is unbelievable. Ah. Like they're not carrying much stuff over, as far as I'm told. Um, it is coming to PC. However, there's no dedicated servers, and what? Yeah, it's yeah, P- it's still P2P. Like,
0: oh, interesting. Kind of
2: like uh, the normal consoles are, which means
1: <sighs> it, it'll be interesting. It'll that's be interesting the one thing. To see how that goes. That's the one
2: thing that annoys me, and it's coming out later. Um, I'm still oh, gonna play sense. it. Um, I almost, like, I kind of want to get it on PC, but I just know how good Bungie is with, like, creating their console shooters that I think I might just get it for the PS4. Yeah,
1: I mean, God, it's so it's so satisfying to have that. And I know you can do, like, Xbox controllers, at least Xbox One controllers on a PC, but, but setting that up for Destiny I would probably be a bit of a mess.
2: No, it's it'd probably supported it out of the box, I'd, I'd say, yeah. pretty much. But it'd be more of, like okay, I'm playing with a controller against somebody that is playing with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, that is that is
1: not going to work out well for you. The not controller out.
0: is a better experience but the mouse and keyboard will always be faster. Yep. Yep. Got
1: but it. man, that... And God, the Xbox One controller might have the most satisfying triggers of any console ever made. Like,
0: yeah, I love an Xbox One controller. Like The Xbox controllers <laughs> just have,
2: have like the... Like they got it right in the sense that they patented the fact where you have, hey... I have a joystick on the upper part of my left thumb and then my, the buttons also there because that's like definitely how you play rather than like the one thing I don't like about the PS4 controllers are probably that
1: it's both on the bottom, both on
2: the bottom. Now that said, I kind of like the fact that PS4 controllers are also Bluetooth yeah. and then the Xbox one is like some proprietary Microsoft bullshit. Yeah, it's whatever.
1: So it goes. All right. Well. Fun episode, guys. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, words. <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully, you enjoyed listening. Next
0: time we do one of these, you should have like a better night's sleep the night before. Yeah, or I something. should. Uh, <laughs> I
1: shouldn't uh, be sunburned. Have like a all cup day. of
0: coffee oh. or something. Oh, oh, oh yeah.
2: So, uh, uh, kind of, while you had two strikes, I kind of had a strike of my own last uh, podcast where I named the people over at Giant Bomb as friends. I don't really know them, so this is just be being full disclosure. Uh, <laughs> that said, I think they're very nice people from what I understand. Uh, and I would love to meet them, but I don't know them personally. So apologies to anyone that got confused.
1: Correction issued. Yep. Man, All right. I felt so guilty about that. So <laughs> <laughs> it's seriously been eating him up for these past two weeks. It has. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Have, have a, a great day. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, enjoy yourselves.
2: How do I stop this again? <laughs> <laughs>